Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poon, this episode 190. I am joined, as always, on this wonderful Thursday by my co-host, Prez. That's at Presidente. Prez, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm tired. I biked to my job and severely overestimated my endurance qualities <laughs> so how far is uh, how far is not it? even fucking far man not even far like 30 minutes damn so you're just old yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> were you like carrying a bunch of shit with you at least or is it just no, your laptop nope just a couple of things in my computer in my bag uh really i i've never biked to work before and i never biked anywhere i literally own my bike exclusively for the purpose of I've getting to the life. basketball court <laughs> that is only a 10 minute walk away in like two minutes. <laughs> so I'd never, never really biked farther than that. Um, but decided I'd get off my ass and, uh, get myself into shape so I can be a real hooper for a little bit longer, a little bit deeper into my thirties. So, um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Kenny Payne would be proud. I, I don't think proud would be the word I used to describe that. Any pain would be disgusted. Yeah, that would be <laughs> more accurate, much more accurate. If I did any of those Kenny Payne treadmill workouts, I would literally just disintegrate, like explode into dust. I remember there was a video when they first took over and they, the guys like first came in. Remember, they, they did like an initial like kind of like meet and greet workout thing. And I remember there was a video of like Frank doing the uh, one of the treadmill workouts. And he like it was like a it was literally like a twelve second clip, and and within that twelve seconds, I was like, "Damn, I could never make it in pro sports <laughs> ever, like never happening." <laughs> oh man! All right, but before we get started, I do have to make an announcement. That Strickland does have a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There's a number of tiers. There's a six dollar tier that gets you access to this pod every Friday that I do with Prez Pod Strickland. You also get access to the mailbag that I do every other week with Jeremy and Drew. Furthermore, you get access to the Strickland Discord where we talk Knicks, hoops, other things all the time. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier. That gets you access to my solo pod, Strick and Roll, where I yell about the Knicks even more. You also, more, much more importantly, get access to weekly articles by Jack Huntley and Matthew Miranda, two of the best in the business of basketball writing, Knicks writing, any kind of writing. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and a $100 tier. Those get you access to a variety of other perks, like listening in on pod recordings, live watch parties, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, your support is appreciated. None of this would be possible without you. So, without further ado, let's get started. And this is a Nick's pod. And so we are going to talk about Nick's relevant topics. And we're also going to talk about tangentially related Nick's 
relevant topics. And that topic today is one that is near and dear to my heart that all Knicks fans everywhere <laughs> celebrated joyously. And not just Knicks fans. I don't think there has been a more universally reviled team than this Brooklyn Nets team. It is an abomination of a team. It is a soulless, corporate, just grifting, like, like the definition of grifting culture. That's what's different franchise. between this and, like, if you go back to the Heatles. Yeah, the it's he- not even the same. Yeah, the, yeah even the same. because the Heatles, like, so many people hated the Heatles for We hated up. them. I hated them. You yeah, hated yeah, them. We yeah, all yeah. hated them. Yeah. But, but there's, there's always was a very dedicated, like, LeBron fans. I love this. There's no, there's no, that's not, that wasn't really a thing for KD or Kyrie. Nobody no, was but like, no, uh, so they have these dedicated fans, but, like, yeah, everybody like knows. Of them. <laughs> no, but, no, no, there's a lot of them, but the thing is, everybody knows they're stupid. Like, like, this is dumb. There's no argument for why this is good, right? Like, nothing about this, like, the way to think of it is this, right? As much as I hated the Heatles, right? Or I hated the super team Golden State shit, right? Those teams still had, like, some connection to having built their franchises up organically. And they had experienced some success before this, right? Like, it, so to, to, to make the point is, with Miami, yes, LeBron and Bosch went there and they basically kicked everybody else out of the franchise to sign those guys. But, but they did keep Dwayne Wade, who obviously was the best player on a championship team before LeBron ever got there. They kept Udonis Haslam, who at that point in his career was not completely washed, was actually like a useful player on the court. These are guys that had connection to the franchise. And more importantly, Riley was there, Spolster was there. And when LeBron was like doing his whole trying to get fucking Spolster fired thing, Riley told him to shut up and dribble, right? That Like Riley was like, okay, that that's great. I'm not going to come back and coach because I'm like 75 now. And I like hanging out on the, on the sideline with my comb. Like I like, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I am not coaching your annoying millennial ass, like not happening in a million years. Spolster's the coach deal with it. And that was like, there was like a firm. This is how we do things. This is us. This is our operation. And yes, LeBron and Bosch are here helping us to win championships, but they are joining us, right? They're joining what we are. We are the Miami Heat. They're joining us. There's an understanding of that. And if you look back at it. And they explicitly talked about it all the time. Like LeBron himself talked about it. That's why he left. Like that was the big reason why he left because he was like, like this is a big report. He respected what they had going on. Yeah. And And, and, And beyond just like. Oh, vibes. I <laughs> know. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a thing that got reported when he left. Was like, you know, as the years went on, he kept trying to like push Riley into you know, oh, let Maverick Carter on the team playing. Let like, uh, and Riley was just like, no, like we're not doing any of these things. We're definitely not hiring these people to our staff either. Like, go fuck yourself. Um, and with Golden State, like they, yeah, they added Kevin Durant, and they were just like, okay, dude, like. Like, we'll, we'll run some shit for you. Like, we'll run some ISO plays for you because you're fucking Kevin Durant. Like, so of course we're going to do that. But we're not blowing everything. Like, that's it. Like, that's what you get. You don't get to, like, dictate personnel moves. You don't get to tell us who the coach is. You don't get to do shit else other than get some plays run for you and play ball and get some cheap-ass rings. Right? Like, that's what you get. Yeah, and, and it, it was it was, it was was really a... Uh... 
like a heightened example of mutual partnership and both groups pushing each other, right? Like getting LeBron to play more in the post, play more for getting the bot. Obviously like Bosch's adjustments are, are well-documented things like that. And, you know, LeBron is, is, is figuring out when to be the man and when not to be the man. And, you know, there were times where he was like, no, no, like, yes, your team D Wade, but, like, give me the ball. And, well, like, and, and D-Wade, like, they talked about this after the yeah. first year, right? Like, this was a huge story where, like, Wade went to him, like, that summer because they lose to Dallas, obviously, in the finals. And he's like, look, like, you're the fucking best man on the team. So, like, you do you, and I'll figure out how to do my D-Wade shit, right? Like, I'll I'll do D-Wade shit off of whatever you're doing. And by the way, like, that's an amazing thing that they did. If you think about it now, right? Like, It, w- two it would not players, work. It would not work. Yeah, right. Like, I remember distinctly. I don't remember who did the um, uh, who, who's that dude who does the um like analytics but great data visualizations? Uh, oh, Kurt Goldsberry. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. Um, it, it was some measurement of of uh, defensive attention and gravity, and at the time, D Wade's gravity was that of an like a tremendous three point shooter because of how much. <laughs> Not just because of him being D Wade specifically, Great cutter too. It, yeah. that was what it, that's what it was about. It was because their offense had when he was off ball, he was like always oh, such a ridiculous cutting threat. Because back then his his bounce was so crazy and he was so strong. If he got the Wait, ball, Wade must have been a press <laughs> favorite. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You hate to see it because he is on the heat, but like God, so many like those grainy Motorola Razor quality. Early two thousands D Wade highlight reels are Chef's kiss, man. He had I'm sure matter of fact, I'm sure there's legit like ten minute compilations of just him just destroying people like crossovers and shit. I like remember that. his first playoffs. I don't remember who the fuck they were playing. Because but it was like that because you remember he had that year before Shaq got there where it was like him, Odom, Karan Butler. That team was and fun. those dudes. Yeah, Eddie Jones. Fun. Yeah, yeah. And and he like I don't remember who he dunked on. I gotta look it up. But he yammed on somebody in the playoffs, and I was like, okay, like, <laughs> what the fuck did I just see? But yeah, like, I mean, that team was just different in that sense. Like, they were still a connection to, like, this is how we do things. And Golden State obviously had that too with Steph and Clay and Draymond. And what is so gross to me, I did a thread on this on Twitter about the Nets, but what is so, like, gross to me about this team is, okay, Marks gets there and, like, 2016 or 2017, whatever the fuck it is. And, okay, look, they make that, they he inherits this horrible situation where they don't control their picks, they're capped the fuck out. Like, it's just an awful situation, right? So he's doing what he can to get some first-round picks where he can, get whatever young talent he can, throw offer sheets of people, whatever it is. Whatever he can do to get talent, he's doing it. I, I thought they got way too much credit for whatever they were doing, but, like, he was doing fine. It was fine. They made a big deal about, like, we're developing this culture, we're hardworking, all this fucking shit, right? Family atmosphere. I remember that was a huge thing. Family atmosphere. We bring the families on the plane. Everybody, like, it's this whole fucking thing. And, you know, like, as time goes on, they eventually make this playoff push, right? They make this playoff run in 20, per, at the perfect time, right? 2018, 19, they make the playoffs. The Knicks are a fucking mess. Um, both teams have all this, they have the max cap space in the offseason that Durant and Kyrie and all these guys are, are, are free agents to be. And because they had done all of this selling the culture and Kenny Atkinson is this great guru of a coach that like we have helped develop and stayed patient with through all of this shit, like they land these guys. Okay. And that's fine. Like that, 
like I, I don't I have no problem and I don't think anybody had a problem with like okay you got to get rid of D'Angelo Russell to sign Katie and Kyrie of course you're gonna do that not a problem not a problem at all where it starts to get gross and disgusting to me though is everything after that literally everything after that where it goes from okay you have Katie and Kyrie they do this elaborate you know, construction of how they sign so they can also get their best buddy, DeAndre Jordan, a four-year and $40 million contract, which no one else in the NBA was going to give them, by the way. The only team that was going to give it to him was whoever signed KD and Kyrie, and in this case, it happened to be Brooklyn. Fine. If that's the cost of being doing business, if that, that, if that specific thing is the cost of getting those guys in-house, fine. You do it and live with it. Cool. It doesn't stop there, though. They get mad because Kenny Atkinson, he's smart enough to be like, look, I get this guy is here. He's going to get minutes, but Jared Allen is 7,000 times better than him. He's starting. That's just how it's going to be. This was like apparently like a huge point of contention. Eventually leads to Kenny Atkinson getting fired. I don't have a problem with Kenny Atkinson getting fired, but the reasoning sucks. And you know, that was like, there was no other reason for it than that, that those guys did not like that he was doing their shit. Okay. So they fired Kenny Atkinson. Then, then immediately, like literally the first game after Kenny Atkinson gets fired, who is the starting center? DeAndre Jordan. Like, it all starts from that, and then you keep going and going and going down this path, right? Oh, okay. Oh, well, now they want us to trade for Harden. So, and they always get this pass of like, well, they had to do it. Oh, well, they had to do it. They, you didn't have to fucking do it. I'm sorry. Like, you did not have to do it. You did not have to trade for James Harden. You didn't have to do it. You could have been like, you know what? We're good. And you can say the risk and reward is worth it. That's fine. The risk and reward is worth it. But guess what? You don't get a pass then when it blows up in your face. And that's what happened. It blew up in their face this year. It completely blew up. You can tell me it's because of, you know, unforeseen circumstances. But is Kyrie Irving being a lunatic actually an unforeseen circumstance? It's funny because the the only thing that they had real control over outside of the sphere of influence to me of KD and Kai was the draft. And they did well in that respect, but everything else, it was something that you could just see their kind of fingerprints on. And it, it, it was so much, you know, we joke a lot of the time about, you know, GM LeBron and shit like that. But like, I, I don't know if there's a GM LeBron year where it was quite this heavy handed towards just like, all right, the main guys and the vibes they want and the players they want. And what happens, happens. Like, usually, I mean, LeBron had a pretty heavy hand with a lot of his teams, of course. But, like, but you know, LeBron plays. LeBron plays every game. When he's healthy, he plays every fucking game. That's a <laughs> right, fact. Like, right. like that, that buys you a lot of credit to me. Like, you can, if you're running shit, but you're always there, you're always on the court, that counts for a lot. That counts for a fucking lot. You don't get to, do, and I, I have a lot of time. I'll say this. Kevin Durant, I think he's one of the most historically overrated players of all time, which isn't to me, which isn't to say he's not an all-time great, but the conversations he's in, to me, people are, I've heard Zach Lowe talk, he's top 10 all-time player. No. Calm down. Relax. Like, he's not in that conversation yet. Um, But when he's healthy, he plays. He plays games. He played a shit ton of minutes this year. He did the job, on the court at least, that he was paid to do. Do I think that he was a great leader and all? I don't care. No, he, he wasn't, right? He, he just wasn't to me. Um, and But, like, he's never been that guy, right? I think you would agree with that. Like, K 
Katie's not really like the inspirational tone setting culture center of a leader type. Nah, of that's not his role. Right. And that's that's fine. Like you don't need yeah. the best player doesn't need to be that guy. Right. That has a limitation to it, which we really saw manifest this year. But that's fine. He doesn't need to be that guy. Okay, so that's fine. Kyrie Irving. I'm sorry, but like this man has been an absolute pathetic, disgraceful excuse for a professional. And I don't care what people think, what excuses they want to make, whatever the fuck it is. He's a joke. He is a fucking joke. I think anybody that apologizes for his Some behavior, contract negotiation is going to be real funny. Yeah, it, it, they're going to be funny because, you know what, it doesn't matter. They'll get a max and people will be like, well, they had to do it. They had to do it because, you know, Sean Marks, the smartest guy apparently ever, he he's just a victim of circumstance anytime things go bad. But when things go good, he's a fucking genius who we all need to like, oh, follow the Brooklyn. The model. funny part is like we, we've actually seen front offices make some pretty dramatic, hard decisions lately, right? Like we've seen how Daryl Morey handed the situation – I mean, like, yes, is Harden washed? That's a conversation that we should have. Whatever. But, like, the fact that he didn't give in to, like, trading him earlier and he went for the package he wanted, right? We could debate whether that was the package he should have taken, but the package he wanted, sure, whatever. We saw Dallas. They they just ate it on Chris Dapps, right? They just were basically like, fuck it. Like, it is what it is. We're going to hold this L and we have to keep it moving because we got this guy and we got to build around him right now. So... Like, it's not impossible for front offices with extremely talented players, whether it's Embiid or Luka, to actually make hard decisions that on the surface may fly in the face of uh, of what many people might say that player wants or what that player needs to succeed. Because you're trading Kristaps for players viewed as lesser. You're trading... You're holding on, holding off of an Embiid trade when you could have easily been pulled the trigger on something and had a, your team racking up more wins and depending less on young guys, talented as they may be. You know, the team had some losses that they could have avoided had they pulled the trigger on a deal earlier. So those extremely hard decisions, like it, it's even in one, this one year alone, there's plenty of proof that you can do that, which is why I think it's really funny that like it's going to unfold exactly how you said it. Like he's going to get the max, he's going to get it from Brooklyn, and it's going to be a contract that probably ages poorly. I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine in the regular season when he plays or whatever, however often that is. But like on the whole, it's probably not going to end well, and then we're going to have to hear, oh, like he had to do it, he had to do it, and it's going to be even harder for them to build in the margins when he's making a gazillion dollars off that contract as well. And they haven't shown that they can, that they have the willpower to build in the margins that successfully outside of the draft. And it's, the draft is cool to add periphery players when you're like competing for the play-in, like the Pelicans or, you know, like the Knicks or something like that. But like when you're talking to championship, you really have to, you can't fuck around on the margins, even with superstars. So I I don't think there's really any evidence that these guys' personality or their contractual situations or their behavior in general is really going to allow, even if there are smart people in that front office, which I'm sure there are, like they're not going to have the freedom to act on that, on, on, their, on their knowledge or their gifts. So it's really, 
if I was one of the eleven real Brooklyn Nets fans, like I'd be, I'd be fucking depressed, man, because you're between a rock and a hard place because you have talent, but like you're not going to be able to leverage it or maximize it, and it's just a weird situation to be in because, like we were saying with LeBron, like you know, these front offices, like LeBron may be heavy handed, but like his vision is usually not too far off the mark. I think this Lakers season is the first time where it's really off the mark. And I think if I'm like, this is a whole nother conversation, so we don't have to get into it. But like, I think what we saw this season with roster building was a lot more of, um, what's that motherfucker who looked like Rob Lowe? Uh, Palenka. <laughs> I feel like this is a lot more Palenka than uh, has been discussed. But um, anyway, I mean, look, the thing with Kyrie for me is all it's like you can deal with all the weird shit if he shows up. This right. guy never shows up. He doesn't. He, last year, he made up this whole fucking thing. Like, he's bullshit. This is my thing. Everything he says is complete and utter bullshit. All his fucking social causes, all this stuff. Do I think he donates money to good causes? Yeah, I do. I got no problem with that. Let me tell you. A, let me tell you a fun thing, though. Rich people, they have a lot of money that they can toss around to seem like they give a shit about stuff. They don't really need to give a shit about any of that. Like, they don't. I'm sorry. If you want to sit here and believe Kyrie Irving is some saint who fucking, uh, you know, he's just such a pure-hearted person who cares so much about every all these various causes, that's cool. I don't need to believe that. And even I, if he does, like, for and, purposes and of team building, like, that doesn't it matter. Just, <laughs> it also is irrelevant to him as a professional. Right. If you, if you <laughs> like, if you can be the best pure person ever, that doesn't make me think that you're a good employee. And right, he's you a shitty be bad at your job. This, and he's also a <laughs> shitty teammate, okay? This guy fucking in the middle of a pandemic makes up some bullshit. He just goes AWOL, actually, right? Just goes AWOL. Find out he's at his fucking sister's birthday party in New Jersey. This is in the middle of fucking COVID. No masks anywhere to be seen. He has to miss like another week, right? Because he has to come back, go through the protocol. All of this shit. He's an embarrassment. He's a pathetic excuse for a professional. His career since he's left... Cleveland. Since he, Can you imagine if he did that? Sh- if, if he did like any of this shit on the Knicks, man. If, for, forget even the the net stuff. All just look at the stuff he did with the fucking Celtics. This guy fucking comes there, has half of the first good season, gets injured, misses the second half of the year. S- then comes in, and says, "Oh yeah, I'm so excited to stay here forever. I want to stay here." Blah blah. Says all this shit. He has a complete meltdown. Has a complete meltdown in Boston. Leaves right. Bounces. Goes to fucking Brooklyn. Like, this guy is so full of fucking shit. He's full of shit. Uh, you know, I just, I can't get over any, that all of this stuff this year, right? Oh, I want to be a voice for the voiceless. Okay, you want to be a voice for the voiceless. That shit ended real quick as soon as his fucking, uh, as soon as that ban got lifted, right? As soon as, soon as, as soon as he was allowed to play again, I didn't hear anybody, oh, I, I'm not going to play because I want to be a voice for the voiceless. Nah, nah, there was none of that shit. None of that. There was none of that. Because he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. All he wants to do is pretend like he gives a fuck. He wants to make up excuses so he doesn't have to play the full season, and he wants to collect his paychecks. And if you want to say, oh, well, he he didn't take the money for the games that he sat out because, you know, that's fine. That's cool. Like, I'm happy that he has that agency. Like, he has the ability to forego $15 million to because he knows he's still got $15 million coming to him to do that. But I don't need to respect it, and I don't respect it. I'm sorry. Nothing about any of his actions here are worthy of respect, okay? You're in a pandemic. You forget, forget the, you know, forget the part of like you should just do it out of social responsibility or whatever, right? 
like, and Stephen A made this point actually, and I, I gotta say, Stephen A, I he's he bats like, you know, well below the Mendoza even a line. broken clock. Yeah, yeah, like he, he bats well <laughs> below the Mendoza line, but that man has been shooting Kobe eighty-one point game numbers lately. Um, but like, you were the reason, right? That like KD went there. Like you're the reason. Like 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 you're you're part of that whole thing, right? Harden got himself traded to come play with your ass, right? You and KD. Like, the organizations invested in you, all the people are invested in you. If for no other reason, that is why you get fucking vaccinated. Because you owe it to your coworkers, to your teammates, who have made these moves to come play with you, and have also sacrificed. They've also sacrificed, right? Um, and I don't, like, let's be real, getting a fucking vaccine is not a major sacrifice. I'm sorry if you're listening to this pod and you disagree with that. I don't really give a fuck. Um, I'm sorry. I just don't. If you if you if you, if you have a problem with that, cool. We can agree to disagree or whatever. It doesn't really matter to me. It's um, funny. The last thing I'll say on him, and we can move on, is like I, I don't really disagree with anything he said, and it just fucking it sucks because like I I I don't know how much I've talked about it on here, but I like y'all know me. Y'all know the kind of players I like. It's motherfuckers like Kyrie Irving. People know this. And like I've been you know, I went to high school in Jersey. I seen him come up watching it on my fucking big ass giant like fifteen pound Dell computer in high school, watching the footage of him just destroying people out of Piscataway, like watching him coming into the NBA as a rookie ready made. Like I would dra- draft Prez was like doing that was like one of the first pre NBA prospects, I was like pre Duke, even I was really up on because he happened to be from the same area I was in around the same time I was there. And like you could see it, like ready made skills, the handling that we'd never seen before, all that shit. Like it was, you know, he just has so much talent. And like I just hate to see a half baked logic ass motherfucker making. Waste of those skills, like it's He's an a big, amazing player to watch. It's a big, an it's a big what? It's a big what if? Like, and it's not to say like, yeah, whatever. Like the shenanigans are the shenanigans. Nobody's gonna say he had like Kyrie Irving had a bad career, but like he could have, he could have done even like, more. That's I mean, the crazy he, part. He, here's a, here's the thing. Like, I don't think Kyrie Irving should be a Hall of Famer. If his career ended today, I don't think he should be a Hall of Famer. I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's the, like. Who's the worst point guards in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. It's well, like, like I mean, I'm not saying it. Like, <laughs> he's gonna get into the Hall of Fame for sure. Like, there's no question because the Hall of the NBA, the Basketball Hall of Fame is actually stupid. Like, it, well, that's well, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, like, yeah. The, but like, like, but you know. for me, like, I, like when you look at him, the talent he has. I mean, I, I've said this before. I think I've written it before. Like, for the longest time, Kyrie Irving is like the guy that I most have wanted on the Knicks forever, right? Like, for the longest time, I really, really wanted him on the Knicks. And that entire last season he had in Boston, I was just like, you know what? I'm out. Like, I could, I could like, talk my way, like, oh, well, LeBron's annoying. I get why he wanted out. Like, I get it. I would want to get out of his shadow, too. Ugh. Like, I get that. But that entire last year in Boston was just, oh, my God. It was so gross. And it's just, you know, I don't want to belabor this shit too much, but, like, when you're talking about who are the best players in the NBA and all that stuff, when you if it's just about talent, 
like pure talent, Kyrie is in that top 10 bracket, maybe higher, whatever it is, right? But being one of the best players in the NBA is not just that. It's about consistency. It's about, do I can I count on you? Can I rely on you? And he comes up so short on all those measures. So short. I mean, is there... Like, I, I would love to know if you could just take a blind poll of NBA GMs. Who would you want on your team for the next two years? Like Kyrie Irving or Drew Holiday? I would bet like 25 of 30, maybe more, say Drew Holiday. Yeah, man, availability is the best availability. And it's funny because Drew used to be the... You know, you yeah, couldn't count yeah, on yeah. him to play for entirely different reasons. Right, because he, he was actually get hurt. Yeah. Or like he had some severe actual family crisis where he was like, yeah, no, I got to be with my wife. Right. And the team he was like, die. yeah, like and his team, <laughs> and the team was like, cool, take as much time as you need. Like no team would do that with Kyrie Irving, right? They'd be like, you know, I'm going to need to see a doctor's note, actually. Like, could you get us a doctor's note, and then we'll let you go. But like, well, that's why the situ like the the Nets and Kyrie are perfect for each other because the way their situation is constructed is like they they've made their bed with each other, right? Like the Nets have ceded to him and KD so much of the decision making and the the direction, and they have to live with. You know, whenever Kyrie wants to take a week off or more than a week off or whatever, like it's, it, what are they going to do? There's no way they can hold him accountable. There's no way, which is why he has them by the nuts and they're going to pay up because there's absolutely no way you could like get anywhere near a talent like Kyrie should he depart. And like, it's not even, I mean, this is a whole nother discussion, but like they can't even be sure that fucking Ben Simmons is going to suit up next year. So, oh, like... <laughs> ben Simmons is... Look, I will say this. I don't want to get too much into it because people have their beliefs. Um, if he is going through a very, very serious mental health issue, I respect that. I just think that he should be nowhere near basketball, then, And that should be that. He shouldn't be nowhere. He shouldn't be with the team. He shouldn't be on the sidelines. He should be handling it in a much more serious and dedicated way without concerning himself with the basketball element of it. He shouldn't have been gearing up to play. Shouldn't have been, there shouldn't have been none of that, okay? What I will also say is this. The man wanted to trade from Philly last year. Okay, that's what we found out. They played hardball in the press. They played hardball publicly, right? Rich Paul comes out. We want to get out of here, blah, 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 blah. They do all this stuff. He comes to training camp eventually because why? Because Philadelphia was because because in the CBA there's a clause that allows the team to withhold pay if you don't show up for work. He doesn't show up for work, so Maury because Maury is like like you're never gonna one up him right like he's oh oh you're not gonna come for work I right, I'm gonna take your money then like so he comes to work and that's when we hear about he has a mental health issue or whatever right okay fine that I I think that's if that is like a, and that can be a very real thing. There's no question about it. You know, like you can have that shit going on for years, have it undiagnosed, right? That's very serious. Then it becomes a back issue, which he then ties together. Like it, it's just, it, it just feels like constantly moving. Like I, I don't like you keep saying things, and it, I, I just don't know how to. Like I just don't know how to believe you at this point. Because it, it wasn't about, you, you wanted to trade, right? You wanted to get out, 
and then it became well actually i have a i have a mental health issue and is but is that why you wanted leave or is that just a separate thing like there's all this stuff with him that's going on and i thought the reporting of him eventually pulling out of playing in game four by the way did you even think for a second that he was actually going to play in game four because i didn't no and here's here's what i'll say about the simmons thing it's like to me this actually ties into the um the kd and Kyrie stuff because like when when you're going through wild shit like he may be going through like you're going you there's a really good chance you might have conflicting feelings that are hard to deal with right like you might really want to take time away to handle your shit and get it together but you might also feel all this pressure from you know you got to the place that you ostensibly want to be and these people are counting on you and whether, you know, that's a lot of pressure and, you know, something you need to feel comfortable with and you thought you would feel comfortable with it, but now you don't, but you want to show up and support them at least in person. So, like, you know, it, it can be hard to balance that as an individual, which is why sometimes, you know, the team has to... I, I We don't know what happened behind the scenes in terms of the team... I'm saying like saying like no you should stay with us or you should take some time off or whatever but like if I'm the team and I get the sense that like we don't know which way this is going to go if you really care about Ben you should in my opinion tell them like look or tell him like look you're here for the long term you're a young dude like yeah like just, where just are the take, teams where is what you got to do just get just like take this take the rest of the year off my guy like we'll I mean, be here and, next year it'll be fine and, like. and that's that's my thing with with rich paul too like i'm like for uh, for me personally it's very hard for me to take it as seriously as it should be taken when i feel bad people, for ben well if, if it's real then i do feel bad for him and i feel bad for him that he's with advisors that are not like like really in his corner because it seems that they're more interested in helping him recoup his 20 million that they, that they, by the way, that they stupidly created him a, a situation for him to lose that money. They did that, not him. They did that shit. Cause they told him, hold out. We're not going to play. We're not going to do all these things. They fucked him. And now he's, they're, they're going down this path to try and recoup that money. Um, I feel bad for him. And look, let's, let's, let's be honest. Rich Paul is not exactly, uh, you know, he's not exactly got a sterling reputation for, uh, doing much else other than negotiating max contracts for LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which I'm pretty sure me or you could do. Um, I, I yeah, I just don't. I, I I just needed to get that all out there because you know, like last time we recorded the Monday Pod, we didn't have a chance to do it all. It was great. I loved watching them lose. I also got to say this as a pure basketball part of it. I hate the Celtics. You hate the Celtics. Everybody from New York hates Boston well, teams. I hate the team. This team plays an annoyingly, like, an annoyingly enjoyable brand of basketball on both ends. For me, personally. Which makes it worse. I will... Their defense is awesome. Their defense is awesome. I still think their offense to me is still, like, very... It's better. I should say... I should say it's enjoyable for me because I like cross-tween hezzies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're still, like... Their offense is... It's definitely better than it was, by the way. Like, they definitely pass it better than they were. Um, last year under Stevens, and even to start this year, but like it's still very, 
talent dependent. And that's not, this I, is not Eric Spolstra off yeah, ball symphony yeah, yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> right, exactly. Like it's it's still it's very sh- much like it's it's still like two guys who take like this to me is still unreal. Like I, I forget the numbers, but like Tatum and Brown take like upwards of thirteen or more threes per one hundred each. And like nobody outside of I think the Splash Brothers really approach that as a high volume duo. Like they're just it's fucking it's it's a refined version of just bombs away. Like it doesn't have the movement of the Warriors, and yet you know they they've recently the last like couple months made it work with, like you said, with some more passing from guys like Rob Williams and. Well, it's it's been like individual players developing to the point that it overcomes some of the schematic limitations. We can call them. I don't really yeah. think they're schematic limitations, but like to your point, it's not. Eric Spolstra. Schematic simplicities. It's, yeah. it's not yeah. as complicated, which most most teams aren't, right? Which right. Is, is not the end of the world. Let's just say Tibbs would love their offense. Um, <laughs> but, like... No penetrating yeah. point guard. Are you sure about that? <laughs> no, but, but I, I gotta say this. And you, you, I know you, would, you will appreciate this as a draft guy. How come I didn't hear about how, uh, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were taking the Brooklyn picks? Why didn't I hear about that? I didn't hear about that when they were losing. Why didn't I hear about that? Because what I know is this. The Nets went all in a few years ago, a long time ago, 2013, 2014, whatever the fuck it was, to get KG and Pierce. Net result was they fucked their franchise for half a decade. And the picks they gave up, a couple of them ended up being Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That's an all-NBA wing and an all-star wing. Those motherfuckers just sent... (laughs) And those motherfuckers just sent them packing. They sent them fucking home. And I... Want to hear about it? Because I have to fucking sit here every fucking year and hear about the dumbest shit the Knicks... Oh, the Knicks passed on Herb Jones. Oh, the Knicks passed on fucking Bones Highland. Oh, the Knicks passed on... Like, the worst one is Donovan Mitchell. Not because he's not awesome, and not because he's not way better than Frank, but because nobody fucking wanted him at that time. Nobody, not a soul was like, the Knicks gotta take Donovan Mitchell Nate. Nah, everybody was saying... That There's only junior. one person on the internet who is saying, not just the Knicks, but other teams should take Donovan Mitchell. It's our guy, he's... Actually, I don't know if I've had him... I know we've had him on Pod Strickland, but we I don't know if I've had him on Draft Strickland yet. Um, Mavs Draft. Shout out Mavs Draft, who is the, the Donovan Mitchell truther. And his W on that will outweigh like all like unlimited he has like unlimited L's to spare now because of that for at least like <laughs> five years. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and it's like I I, I never want to hear shit it's about so stupid. I never want to hear it again. If they're not gonna do it for every team, then fucking miss me with that. Because if I oh the Knicks didn't take McCall Bridges and yeah they did they fucked up that draft me and you have talked about this like we've like had like mutual suicide sessions on the pod <laughs> talking about this my favorite real quick real quick real quick because you you brought it up not me so now I gotta say it <laughs> like someone put <laughs> I'm sorry I have to too much someone put together a list of literally like the next <laughs> it's so ridiculous <laughs> the next the, the next 20 players it's like unheard of that's like this doesn't have a little Ellie draft the it's next- like 14 hits no, it's twenty. It's the next no, twenty. No, it's players. not twenty. I saw it. it's not twenty. Right. Come on. I don't know. Man. I'm I mean, it could, be, it could be it could be twenty players better than Knox if that's what you mean by yeah, hits. yeah. It was okay. twenty players, right. and right. every single one of them like <laughs> crossing the threshold into the second round. I was like, yep, would have him. Yep, would prefer him. Yep, would prefer him. <laughs> and like, 
So we're not even talking about like a big chunk of these players are making Stunts, 15, yeah. 16, 20, whatever, you know, guys like Miles are about to get the Brinks truck soon and shit like that. Even fucking like Landry Shamit ass dudes. There's like there's like ten dudes like him who I'm like, yeah, low key's like solid rotation player. Like <laughs> Landry Shamit keeps getting moved for first round picks, man. Um, but like, like we had to we have and we have owned that. We've had to like live through that and bear with it. And it's like every single time Knox would check in, it was like this fucking uh, it's like a brand. It's like you're being branded. Like the scalding hot brand just being stuck into you. Like, this is your scarlet letter, Kevin Knox. Own it. Like, identify yourself. Um, and, and, and I like, but like the Nets, they, like, they just, oh, no, it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, they, they'll regroup. No team. That's not even unique yeah. to the Nets, though. That, I mean, like, I understand why, like, because it's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, right? Like, why we should hear about it. But, like, it, it, Bro, it, that should be talked about. That should be, like, <laughs> Every single time they say Jason Tatum. That should be some like first some first take type shit. The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of playoffs, and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Every single time the Nets play the Celtics, that should be a storyline. Oh, Jason, like, because you know, every time we play the Jazz, we got to hear about how the Knicks passed on Donovan Mitchell. Every time we play the fucking Suns, I got to see, see like 16 Berman articles about how the Knicks didn't take McCall Bridges. Every, like, we got to deal or, with this or shit. Steph Curry, even yeah, though he got picked still the going before. On. That is still going on, even and like every single time they, they like it gets talked about, they're like, "Oh, this is gonna be tough for Knicks fans." I'm like, "Motherfucker, we knew about this like years ago. Like we we've been known about this. You can't hurt me anymore with the Steph one. Like I I was hurt at the time. I was hurt when he was winning championships. You can't hurt me anymore because I'm just immune to that now. Like it's over. Um, no, the Nets. They should be forced to eat shit endlessly on this trade. Like, the only upside of the Celtics winning a championship is that for me. It is that. They're not even going to talk about that shit. You I will. will. Yeah. I will talk about it. <laughs> I know you I will. I will never <laughs> shut the fuck up about it. I will never shut the fuck up about it because it is ridiculous. It is like, it's like, uh, what, what I think when the Celtics, when they won their championships in the 80s and shit. They made some crazy trade where it was like uh, they took fucking – they swapped picks with Golden State who got Joe Barry Carroll and they took Kevin McHale. That's like constantly – they like constantly used to talk about that back in the day. Or like when like better one, right? Michael Jordan got taken third. Sam Bowie goes second. You hear about that shit today. You still hear about that shit. They need to hear about that shit all the fucking time. Like every day a Nets fan wakes up, they should have to stare that fucking reality in their face. Um, 
But I want to pivot to this, and this is related to this. I want to ask you a very simple question. Okay. Okay. Uh, would you say, this is multiple questions, I guess, but they're all part of the same thing. Would you say that this playoffs and this year in general feels like, and you know, actually, let's go back. Would you say starting with last year's finals into this season and the playoffs now, that this is like a changing of the guard moment period in the NBA? Um. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Okay, and so here's the second part of this question, and I I genuinely am like Warriors might have something to say about that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they will. They will. But even they're getting help with some of their young talent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. By the way, Kaminga's going to be really good, but the people that were like going gaga over him in the regular season, which they had every right to, but there are people that are like, he's playoff ready. Like, relax, calm down. He's he'll be all right. He's like yeah. twelve. Yeah, he's like seven years like, old. He He's, just started yeah, voting out this yeah. motherfucker. Like, they're, they're, they're like doing the salt-based sprinkle on him right now. He'll be fine. He'll be okay. Um, and I, I genuinely don't know how to feel about it, so I, I'm very curious to get your answer on this. And I know you hate rankings, so I'm not asking you this in a ranking Okay, scenario. thank you. This is not a ranking scenario. But just like <laughs> as a very basic thing, is Jason Tatum... Would you rather, like, would you rather have Jason Tatum right now than... Kevin Durant or LeBron James? Um. Well, how old is Tatum? No, no. Forget the age. I'm just talking about like today. Like, oh, you got to have him for the next two months, whatever. Like the playoff run. Um. Definitely not more than LeBron, personally. Um. I would because I hate LeBron. We know. <laughs> we know. We know. I'd probably still take KD as well. Um. Over him right now. Personally, just because uh, I I don't know, like Tatum's amazing, and and the leap he's he's been making leap after leap for like several years now, and the crazy part is he still has low hanging fruit to grab um, as as he improves and like inches closer into that top five, top whatever whatever you want to rank him. Um, I didn't mean to inadvertently stumble into ranking; just erase that from the edits. Um, but I I do think that. He's, I, I think the Celtics are a lot better around him than people are giving credit for. And to me, this is one of my pet peeves for teams that every fucking year there's a team that surprises in the playoffs. We look at the name brand stars, rightfully so, because they usually haul ass, whether it's Giannis, whether it's Kawhi, whether it's whoever. Whether it's uh, Booker last year, right? Like, and players who don't, I mean, fans who don't watch as much NBA, and even some fans who do watch a lot of NBA, don't realize how good the supporting cast is when, they, especially when you're talking about sub all NBA players who are maximized in a certain system. We saw it with Fred Van Fleet playing with Lowry and, and Kawhi. And we saw it with Pascal in that position, even down the chain, right? You go to like Gasol on that team, like, and you see it with uh, the Nets now. Like, Aiton should get a max. Macau got paid a fuck ton of money and is still getting better. Even Cam Johnson should make some fucking legit change out here. And like, it's the same with the Celtics. I think the Celtics, like Jalen Brown, 
he is what he is. He's been talked about a lot, but like Robert Williams is already far exceeding his contract. Um, they're got random fucking guys like Peyton Pritchard are actually impact players. And it took the Nets, like, I mean, the Celtics, like three quarters of the season to, to, to play him. But like, I just think we remember having conversation with guys, um, like PD, PD Webb, friend of the pod who, uh, mentioned like this is a guy who had a supremely difficult shot diet he's an older guard coming into the league he's an absolute absolutely nuclear shooter off the dribble and off the catch and he can keep the ball moving and if he gets to a team with the infrastructure to reduce his role then he's going to be a day one impact player and that's exactly what you get with him and then once they traded Schroeder out and replaced him with Derek White who's another player who in the role where he's not depended on to generate the offense or even facilitate the offense, he becomes the kind of versatile all NBA type defender who can also put it on the deck, who can also catch and shoot that most teams would pay lots of money for. It's really not that different, not that different from Mikhail Bridges, who's getting 20 million a year. That's Derek white. Like if you really think about it, he's a little smaller. (laughs) He just can't shoot, but like he's, not a non-shooter either. Like teams still have to respect him. He's good enough off reputation to me that like he's not going to get ignored like fucking Alfred Payton or something. Well, so like the Nets, the Nets didn't respect him. Or the, the Nets, Nets were, no, 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 the Nets, the Nets did respect Probably him too stupidly. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They you stupidly should, respect the playoffs are a time for those players who are on the border to test that, and the Nets declined to do that. Um, but anyway, my point is like the team, are, like Tatum, has improved by a lot. And the team around him has also improved by a lot. And I think that's not, it's not to diminish Tatum's accomplishments, which are considerable. And he's absolutely right now the best player on a championship contending team, which is like, that's remarkable. But like, don't get it twisted. Like Kyrie is Kyrie, whatever. But the players around them are a bunch of fucking rookies. And a bunch of fucking has-beens. It's way different. Way different. This is not the Raptors or the Bucks or the Suns or whoever team. And we're not going to look at the players on the Nets in five years and be like, man, they all went on to get paid so much and have so much success around the league as elevated role players. No, like these guys are going to be bench players and or out of the fucking league when you're talking about Blake, LaMarcus, Goran, and all these guys, so like Bro, and even that, even like I know Kessar Bridge is a guy, but is my guy. His his, his playoff run of like whatever seven eight minutes was some of the worst hoop I've watched in a while. Was, he had a, a rough baptism of fire yeah, there, it and and it, and it was rough for my guy because he had a he had an excellent regular season. But like again, this is what happens when you depend on a fucking rookie who's not, you know, like Peyton Pritch, who when you oh, depend well, on a rookie out of out of the the appropriate role, like giving them too don't, much don't responsibility. Worry. We're, we're gonna get we're gonna get to my favorite rookie to shit on in a little bit. Ooh. <laughs> oh, 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 my bad, my bad. You're right, you're right. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot. <laughs>